Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 51. Uh, we will be ranking the DC Cinematic Universe movies, the DCEU, whatever we want to be calling these movies nowadays. We're going to be ranking them, the movies from Man of Steel all the way up to Shazam with um, the plethora of DC news we have covered today, as well as the release of Joker right around the corner. We're like, let's finally tackle this one. But before we get to that, Josh, how are you doing tonight? I'm chilling, man. Chilling like a villain. It's gonna. It's been a interesting couple days, and uh, we're looking at um, you know doing more stuff. Well, I wasn't thinking we were gonna have a lot to talk about, but then slowly but surely, more and more news has just been dropping over the past few days, uh, including one that dropped maybe two or three hours before we hit record uh, for tonight's podcast. So late game edition. Uh, but one that's worth noting, nonetheless, uh, the new first, I'm trying to remember if there was another poster for this movie already, uh, the, we'll call it the first, the first trailer for the next DC movie after Joker, uh, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. That's the full mm-hmm. length title. I'm just going to call it Birds of Prey. Yeah, um, I'm done with that. Josh, what did you think of this poster? Um, <laughs> because we know literally almost nothing about this film. Um, yeah, okay, I'm down. Sure, whatever. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of. Mm, uh, I don't really know how to feel about anything just yet, just because we don't know anything about this. The. Uh, the little teaser that I've seen, I, I enjoyed where it like plays off as an it trailer. And then Harley comes in and says she's done with clowns. I, I liked that quite, quite a bit, but um, as far as the actual tone and what's going on with the film, I'm not sure. I don't even know if I'm aware of who's all in it besides Harley Quinn and black mask. I think black uh, Huntress is supposed to be in it. Yeah. Elizabeth well. Winston is um, Huntress. Yeah, but I mean, like, it is it is playing off of that, like, you get hit in the head and then you see, like, birds or whatever, but, you know, whatever. It's not the ugliest poster I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, I've definitely seen, seen, uh, seen worse. I'll say the controversial opinion, every MCU Spider-Man poster is worse than this. Well, yeah. I've had issues with every Spider-Man poster. I think they're all trash. Um, but this, it's a weird poster. Like, okay, sure. That's what we'll go with. Um, so, I have mixed feelings. Uh, the There's some good stuff to be gleaned from the poster, but I'll go more in depth about the Birds of Prey movie as a whole and why I'm super nervous about it in a little bit here. But uh, just taking a look at the poster, it may just seem innocent enough, but to the super fan like me who scrutinizes every little detail, there are still some very important things to be gleaned from this. Um, Most notably, you see um, hints of Black Canary's colors. She's wearing like some yellow and some black. So, okay, that's clearly one of the birds of prey. And we know the one is Huntress, uh, played by Elizabeth Winston, who's rocking a little bit of black and purple. Um, 
I don't think these are going to be final form costumes. I think these are going to no, be closer Sam. to street clothes. Yeah. Um, the To me, the big one that stands out, obviously, uh, is Black Mask, who I'm a little bit up in the air, but I can't say I'm surprised in the slightest. So it's nice to know, get some reaffirm, reaffirmation that Black Mask will be wearing his white tuxedo and black gloves. That's his signature look. Um, yeah. I think the movie will end with him getting his black mask because you don't cast Hugh McGregor to have him wear a mask for most of the movie, unfortunately. Yeah, um, no, I... And not to stereotype or judge before I've seen the movie, but there's some rumors circulating uh, a while back that Hugh McGregor's black mask is actually a gay character, and from this poster, it kind I get the impression that those rumors may be true. Is that a bad thing? Oh, no, house? I have no or... issue with that, but it, this picture kind of confirms to me those rumors, which also makes me kind of think that that other dude that's on the poster that I have no idea who it is, maybe Black Mask's either partner in crime or partner partner. Interesting. Um... I've heard some both good and some bad things about Ewan McGregor's black mask behind the scenes of like he steals the show as a great villain, but he may be your stereotypical 90s type of gay character. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, you know me, Ewan McGregor's Ewan McGregor. I'm going to see anything he's in. Um, I hope we get more than just a little bit of him with the black mask in the movie. I also, I don't know how I'm feeling about the costumes and the overall aesthetic that I've seen from, like, the teasers and whatever whatever else. It just looks very interesting, to say the least. Yeah, everything looks kind of different, I think is the word that I'm going to go with. Also, um, keep in mind, this movie is going to be rated R. Yeah, that's the other thing that I, I'm actually kind of a little hyped for. I am now getting away from the poster to the movie itself. Um, I'm still not sold on this movie in the slightest. And I'm actually with each passing week, I'm growing more and more worried actually um, because I'm hearing, I've heard quite a bit of troubled production um, stories um, and yes, reshoots are common for any superhero movie or any big budget movie. It's not good when your movie comes out in February and you're still in the middle of reshoots. They're redoing reshoots right now, actually. Wow. Okay. Well, the reshoots I'm both excited for and not excited for. If you're shooting reshoots this late in the game, probably not a good thing. But when you're doing your reshoots with uh, John Wick creator Chad Stahelski for your action scenes, okay, that's a little better. I'm still very worried about this movie. I, the fact that we don't know literally anything about this, and it comes out in February. We know more about James Gunn's Suicide Squad, which we'll get to in a little bit here. We know more about that movie than we do about this, and that doesn't come out until 2021. I'm very also worried fair. about this movie. That being said, with this poster, I fully expect that a trailer will drop on Wednesday or at the latest next week. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, uh, I, part of me is telling myself that uh, they're keeping everything close to the chest just to be safe. But 
Who knows? Yeah, I get that they want to go with something different, which is awesome. And I would like to see a Birds of Prey movie. Um, but this, I don't know. I really have my reservations on this movie. And it, I'm not hearing great things behind the scenes. And I, I want this to be good. I want DC to keep churning out some hits like they've been doing lately. But um, I'm hesitant. Uh, I'm not yeah. hesitant about this next one, though. Um, so we seem to have gotten a full rundown from James Gunn with The Suicide Squad, which seemingly is now the actual title of the movie. It's, we didn't yeah. know for a while what it would be called, and so now it seems like James Gunn has officially confirmed that it will be called The Suicide Squad. And he also took to Twitter to reveal the logo, which I absolutely love, and it is a thousand times better than the old logo uh, for the first yeah. movie because it's the exact same logo and text from the Suicide Squad comics from, like, the 70s and 80s. Yeah, it's very, very accurate. And I don't know about you, but when they released the cast list, the first thought to my brain was, oh, man, that's a lot of people that are, gonna, that are about to die. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. So I'm actually pulling up the cast list um, right now. Because off the top of my head, there was a bunch of people. I'm like, all right, you're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're not going to last very long. But I kind of like that because in his tweet, James Gunn, when he announced this, um, was like, don't get too attached to any of these names. And I completely believe him in that we probably are going to see some of these people die. So, um, yeah, here's the list. Um and I'm going to say some of these names, and we'll kind of say the names that we think might be they might be playing, or um, whether or not we think they're going to live. So David Dashmalshian, he's the one that we announced a while back, uh, probably playing playing Polka Dot Man. Um, I I really hope the obscure characters are the ones that uh, see the end of the movie and live. Um, and like I think it'd be really funny if the big name. Actors like John Cena, who's in it, all die super, super quick. Uh, Jai Courtney, who is Captain Boomerang in the first one, and arguably, if not the best thing about the first Suicide Squad, he's coming yeah. back as Captain Boomerang. Don't you he's kill not. off Jai Courtney, which is... The, <laughs> I never thought you'd say that. Oh, I was God. literally about to say, I never thought I'd actually be defending Jai Courtney in any capacity, but his Captain Boomerang was so good. Whereas I cannot say the same thing about Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. He was so boring, I don't care. Yeah, which, to be fair, he's not really given much to do, so I, I don't blame him much, but still. Uh, and here's the first name, I think, of many that will die very, very quickly in the movie, but it's still cool to see. Uh, Nathan Fillion, who is a regular in James Gunn movies. He was in the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I believe he was in Slither. He's he's always a little bit part in James Gunn movies. He never stays very long. That's also with Nathan Fillion. Everyone knows him. So how great of a shock would it be if he dies super, super quick into the movie? I think Nathan Fillion's going really, really quick. Um, James Gunn's brother, Sean Gunn. I think he can last quite a bit. He's a lot of fun. Uh, I think his character's name is Raglan in the Guardians movies. 
Uh, y- yes, I think. Okay, this is going to sound horrible, but this is the one person on this cast list that I can almost guarantee that they're going to die in this movie, and I'm super excited to see how they're going to die, and that's Pete Davidson. Yes. Oh, my goodness, I'm so excited. What if he's Ratman? He kind of... Ratcatcher, you mean? Yeah, Ratcatcher, my bad. I thought we heard that Ratcatcher will be gender-bent and it will be played by a woman. That being said, Pete Davidson already kind of has this, like, mousy look to him. He does. It would be perfect. Um, Just, I don't know this actress, but there was some speculation that I read earlier today that I thought I'd throw out to you. Uh, one of the actresses in this is uh, Mailing, and then the last name is NG. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, to which somebody speculated that she may be playing the Young Justice character, Chetcher. Ooh. And someone also suggested John Cena as Sportsmaster. Oh, yes. I was like, oh, my oh goodness. if that happened, that's obscure enough for James Gunn, but yes. Which, that's, Sportsmaster oh. is kind of as, as crazy, as absurd as he sounds. He's a master of sporting equipment, but like deadly yes. with sporting equipment. He's a lot yes. cooler than he sounds. <laughs> we promise. <laughs> but Cheshire Cat would be all, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another like, big name that some of you are familiar with, Taika Waititi. We've talked about him before. I oh, guarantee so you he will be one of the first to die in this movie. I guarantee you that now. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you that because Taika is a super, super busy guy. He has two movies that he's directing on his plate right now with Thor, uh, Love and Thunder, and then he's got like a soccer movie that he's directing. So he's super busy. I don't think he's going to be around for a whole shoot. Um, you got Peter Capaldi, uh, the former Doctor Who, which some people are speculating that he may be Doctor, uh, Hugo Strange. I can see that. I'd be very okay with that. Uh, Viola Davis will be returning as the leader of the Suicide Squad, Amanda Waller. Yes. Uh, Idris Elba. I, he better last this whole movie or die at the very, very end. And it's speculated he's going to be either Deathstroke, a recast Deathstroke. Or more likely, Bronze Tiger. Ooh, don't you tempt me with Bronze Tiger. Uh, Margot Robbie will be returning as Harley Quinn. And of course, because this is a James Gunn movie, you need Michael Rooker in there somewhere. Um, yeah. And since he's not coming back for the Guardians movies, he was um, Yondu. There's some speculation that he may be a motion capture character known as King Shark. Mm, how do you feel about that? King Shark, I'm totally fine with, and I like Michael Rooker, so I think it'd be a good fit. It could, it, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. If not Michael Rooker, then Sean Gunn, because Sean Gunn's probably more familiar with motion capture since he's the one that does the motion capture for Rocket. Fair, fair. Which, yeah. uh, side tangent with Rocket, did you ever see that uh, funny video that made its way around of uh, that epic scene in Endgame when they're all walking? Uh, with their super suits, and they're about to go back in time, and Sean Gunn's there with crutches, just like waddling like Gollum. No. What? Yeah, they're all of them are like walking serious uh, while the cameras are rolling, and then if you look, there's Sean Gunn uh, with his mocap suit, just like waddling like Smeagol from Lord of the Rings next to him, and I don't know how they kept a straight face. <laughs> That's the best. 
Yeah, so looking at this full cast list, a lot of which we already knew or we speculated about, um, I'm getting really, really excited for the Suicide Squad. I, I agree. I This might be a return, uh, a the form that we needed to begin with. I almost said return to form, but that would insinuate that, you know, we're, we're, he, we were here before and just needed to get back to that. Yeah. Um, and I know some people are already raising the issue, and it's a fair criticism, is James Gunn did Guardians of the Galaxy, a bunch of idiots that have to come together to save the world, which is the Suicide Squad, essentially, except Suicide Squad are intent to die. They're supposed to die if the yeah. mission goes south. I don't think tonally this will be like Guardians of the Galaxy. I think this will feel completely different. James Gunn has a... R-rated background. I don't think it'll be an R-rated movie, but he can get dark and shift up his tone. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be like Guardians. So well, I think we're finding even that if it is, even if it is that sure they're gonna be having some fun or whatever, right? They'll be having fun and then somebody dies suddenly, so that all of them are like, oh, 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 that's where we are right now. Yeah, um, I'm just really, really excited, and I hope that he's got a good soundtrack to go with it. Oh, I guarantee he will. It'll be better than Suicide Squad's. Which, on paper, Suicide Squad had a great soundtrack, but how they implemented it into the movie was just awful. It's it's okay. It was like music video after music video. Yeah. It was literally like, here's the character's yeah. baseball card, flip it over and read their stats. Yeah, basically. And that was just, it was a weird way to approach that. Now, uh, as much as we are excited for The Suicide Squad as an upcoming DC movie, obviously the one that has the most amount of eyeballs, even more so than The Suicide Squad, is uh, Matt Reeves' Batman with Robert Pattinson as uh, Bruce Wayne. So we now have some more details are starting to make their way out. Nothing surprising, but ones that get me very excited. So uh, the latest reports coming out for Matt Reeves' Batman is that this movie will be taking heavy inspiration from the comic story, The Long Halloween, to which, yes. For those of you who are unfamiliar with The Long Halloween, um, a good portion of it, a lot of the story elements were actually used by Christopher Nolan for the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, both mainly the Dark Knight. So what happens in it is it's relatively early in Batman's career, and there is a killer on the loose uh, called uh, Holiday. Holiday. Yeah, it's Holiday. I was getting Holiday and Calendar Man mixed up because Calendar Man is in the mix. Um, but Holiday yeah. kills people on major holidays. So the obvious candidate is Calendar Man, who kills people on major events on the calendar. Uh, but it's this great, engaging mystery of who is Holiday, uh, what does the crime underworld have to do with this? There's yeah, um, there's a lot of really, really interesting stuff, especially for like the beginning of Batman's career kind of stuff. Also, it's got a such a loaded cast in the comic itself of like a bunch of different suspects and we'd heard rumors that there's going to be a lot of villains in this Batman movie that may not be big players but enough that it expands the world that there's multiple suspects in this mystery 
Yeah. Which I have said for a long time that the number one thing, besides the blue and the gray suit, that I want in a Batman movie is more detective work. Uh, Batman is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. We need to see more of his brain in action. That's why one of my favorite of the animated Batman movies is The Batman versus Dracula. Because yeah. as dumb as that n- name sounds, it's actually a really good movie. Uh, it's the only Batman movie that I've seen to date that he actually defeats the villain and saves the day by using his brain and using technology. Yeah. And it's an actual mystery. My favorite Batman stories revolve around a mystery. The Long Halloween, um, Hush, Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, they're all it. I think we're coming back to form with the the actual detective, which it will be very, very refreshing, and I think it'll open up storytelling possibilities for them that you know, so that it's going, so that it'll feel different. Yeah. Also, because I have to tie it in somehow. Josh has How to Train Your Dragon as his go-to button. Mine is Nightwing. Yep. So. Yep. Dick Grayson is nowhere to be seen in The Long Halloween. However, in that con- story's continuity, he does show up in the sequel, Dark Victory, which is equally as good as a mystery. Maybe not quite as good, but a very worthy follow-up. Um, so I would, I would like to see a wide roster in terms of people in this movie. Like, typically a Batman movie has at most one to three villains. Uh, Batman Begins had quite a few villains, and it was balanced well. I would like a well-balanced, kind of fleshed-out world of, you could have your main um, villain. Please let it be Calendar Man. I love what they did with Calendar Man. Um, But then you could also have, like, a Two-Face, a Catwoman, a Bane, a Killer Croc, just different characters that could be interrogated. I wouldn't be surprised if Two-Face is heavily involved because, if I remember right, Long Halloween is also... The the, origin of Two-Face in that continuity, yep. Yeah, so that would be interesting as well. And there Um, was rumors. We didn't... I don't think we reported on this. Um, Josh, do you remember the movie, I believe it was last year's, Black Klansman? um, I remember it happening. I never saw it or saw anything else about it. The main guy in that movie, um, John David Washington, was rumored to be playing Harvey Dent for a little bit there. Oh, interesting. Okay. To which people will be like, you can't have a black guy as Harvey Dent. I'm like, um, did y'all forget about 89 Batman with Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent? But, but like, and also, like, of all, <laughs> of all the characters that, quote, unquote, have to be a certain race, like, I feel like, he doesn't matter. Like is like his race doesn't matter because that's not what is important about him. No, uh, there was talk of having a person of color for Catwoman. To which I'm like, if they're the best for the job, go for it. As yeah, long yeah. As it's not Halle Berry. That's, that's why I think I'm. I'm. That's where I am on it. Like I, I don't really care. I don't think it's a reportable story unless it's a. Bad, like a bad move. Like Halle Berry. Yeah. Like, yeah. So basically, I just want it to be more detective-oriented and make it a mystery that we can't figure out ourselves. Not like Murder on the Orient Express, where you purposely keep details from us, but like a 
once you know once you've seen it you can go back and start picking up the details yourselves like we don't get enough good mystery movies which is super which is why I'm super excited for Ryan Johnson's knives out in a little bit um I like a good old-fashioned mystery I want that to come to Batman and if at all possible a wide rogues gallery and the bat family but that can come in sequels I'm fine with that yeah absolutely I would agree so DC's not the only one making big uh, headlines this week as Marvel seemingly has a very interesting return on the docket. Now, this is just some reports going around, so we can't officially confirm this, but it's being heavily speculated that in the Black Widow standalone movie, which I believe is coming out February, I'm not sure, February or March, uh, it is being heavily speculated that Robert Downey Jr. himself Iron Man, Tony Stark, is returning in some capacity for this Black Widow movie. Um, if you bring back one dead person, I guess you bring back another. Yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, I'm assuming that this is a flashback thing. Um, the, the current rumored timeline for this Black Widow movie is after the events of Civil War and before Infinity War. Yeah, okay. Whatever. I mm, I think you and I are on the same page as that. Like, I really don't care to see Tony again. So I was happy that. to see him gone, so I kind of don't want him back. Um, that being said, it's gonna this is gonna sound really weird coming from me, but honestly, if you do a Black Widow solo movie. I think it actually makes sense to have Iron Man because something a lot of people forget and kind of Marvel almost wants you to forget about, but Black Widow first appeared in an Iron Man movie. She first showed up in Iron Man 2. The MCU kind of wants you to forget about all of Iron Man 2, and rightly so, and especially how they kind of introduced her character. Um, Yeah. But she first debuted in an Iron Man movie, so I think it'd be kind of cool to pay back the favor of have him show up in her movie. Yeah, I can see that. It would it would be interesting. I, I I just like to me like why give, uh, why give ultimate Black plot Widow, twist? Uh, Iron Man is Taskmaster. Oh, ooh, wait. What if, if, he, if Taskmaster is using about. Iron Man's technology? I'm not okay with that. No, no, no. What if like because Taskmaster is also known for using disguises sometimes as well. I have so, already heard the theory of, well, what if Iron Man's a scroll in this movie? Yeah, screw you guys if you I'm do like, that. Stop, yeah, stop, can we stop, stop with the scroll theories? We've already dropped like, the ball enough with scrolls. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, it's scrolls are, they are like the go to lean, uh, like, kept evil character in Marvel. And it but just, nope, it they're friendly now. Yes, yeah, okay. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I can go either way with this. Again, this is not officially confirmed, so it's just being heavily speculated right now. I could go either way with it. I think it would be cool, but I think it would be even cooler if he doesn't show up. Just leave Black Widow to her own devices. Let her be the strong female character that she is. You don't need um, Robert Downey Jr. to help boost ticket sales for that, like you did with Spider-Man, which segues us perfectly into the dangerous pool that we're going to wade back into the waters of 
with the Sony Disney Spider-Man deal. Aren't you all so excited about that? Yay! You're not going to like go on an angry rant again, are you? Not angry rant. An optimistic okay. rant. Okay, okay. Uh, if there is such a thing. So I kept Josh in the dark about this one because this is one that's not being widely reported. Um, and it is only showing up on a few sites. But it did get me thinking... And this is very much a possibility. So the story that we've gotten so far is Spider-Man is not in the MCU. He's split. Disney supposedly was asking too much of a cut, which I mm, there's conflicting stories about that, but that, we've covered that in exhaustive detail. Um, however, there may be an unexpected twist, and it may come from an unlikely source known as Apple. Okay. So, we know in November that Disney is launching Disney+. Plus. I'm super excited for it. They've um, There's been a new updated version of what's going to be there on day one. And oh my gosh, if half of that is true, I don't know if I'm ever leaving the house again. Because Disney+, yeah, Plus sounds true. fantastic. Um, Josh, I'll yeah. send that, that list to you later. And it's staggering how much is going to be on there. Um, but Disney+, Plus is coming. Apple is doing their own streaming service called Apple Plus. And it's going to be of five course. bucks a month. And it does not sound great at all. It seems like they're very thin on content. Now, some business insiders um, are reporting that Apple may be interested in purchasing Sony. Because Sony has this immense back catalog of movies. And if anything... Apple needs more content for their own platform. And if anybody could afford Sony at this point without being a full-on monopoly, so Disney can't buy them because that's a monopoly, uh, if anybody could buy them financially, like has the money to buy Sony and could actually use them right now, it would be Apple. Now, why would Sony sell? Because they're hemorrhaging funds Badly. The reason why they have such a stranglehold on Spider-Man lately is because he is literally their only viable moneymaker at this stage uh, because they've tried and tried to launch several franchises, all of them falling flat on their face. So, if Apple were to actually go out and buy Sony sometimes in the next couple of years to help Apple with this um, their streaming platform that I'm sure they want to be competitive with Disney on... If they bought Sony, that's game over for Sony in that if anybody acquires Sony or if anything happens to Sony as a company, the rights to Spider-Man revert back to Marvel. Interesting. So so if there's any hope for Spider-Man, it may, believe it or not, lie in the hands of Apple. Hmm. That's uh, that's a twist I didn't see coming. This whole thing may make me sound like a man with a tinfoil hat on, but I don't think I'm that crazy right now. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because right now they have like three shows on Apple Plus. And yes, even for five bucks a month, it's not a lot of content. And with everybody doing their own streaming service, NBC Universal's launching their own called peacock uh, oh okay yeah also a uh, quick side tangent uh the psych 
the next Psych movie has been pushed back to 2020 and will only exclusively be on Peacock. So screw you, NBC, for locking my Psych movie behind a paywall. Worst things could happen, I'm sure. It's like Battlefront 2. Um, but Aww. there, it seems interesting that there may be this new twist to the Spider-Man deal. So I still hold true that within the next five years, the film rights to Spider-Man will go back to the MCU wholesale for good. I'm sticking to that. Now with this Apple thing, it could be more reality than we've ever seen before. But yeah, that's not a... This is just speculation on my part that I'm seeing from a couple different sources. But to me, where there's smoke, there's fire. And there's enough pieces here that get me intrigued, at least. Josh, am I crazy, yeah. or what are you thinking? Uh, no, yeah, I, I, I feel like it, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, but I, I will stand by you on that within the next five years. Um, I think... <laughs> I mean, really, at this point in the next five years, I don't see why Disney would not own literally everything. But yeah. Because Monopoly laws. Yeah, yeah. In which case, they why just not? buy the law. Uh, yeah, exactly. Let's buy the government. Why not? Yeah. Um, now, switching gears radically to uh, we all love Spider-Man. And I, in fact, have multiple Spider-Man pop figures. I've got a Homecoming, Spider-Man and Christmas sweater, Miles Morales, a Mysterio, a Doc Ock. Needless to say, I like pop figures. I have way too many in my possession. Thanks to Cody Manning for that. He got me started on this addiction. Um, But now it seems like pop figures are going to be making the transition to the big screen as Warner Brothers has now commissioned a Funko Pop movie. Yeah. I mean, there was an Emoji movie, so why not? I guarantee you it'll be better than the Emoji movie. Uh, well, I've already seen some backlash from this movie. Naturally so. I I can totally get people's skepticism. I will actually defend this. I don't think this is necessarily the worst idea. Flashback five years. I can't believe this movie came out five years ago. Um, but going into the Lego movie, we had amazing reservations about this is not going to be good. It's Yellow Bricks, how are you going to make that a good movie? And then I remember in college, uh, Heather called dibs on taking me to see it. And I had no interest in seeing it, but I saw it anyway. I, she went on a date with my inner nine-year-old that night. It was such a great uh, movie, and I came back to the door, and I told literally everyone that I could, we're going to see Lego Movie tomorrow. And yeah. I was like, really? It's like, do you trust me? They're like, I guess. They saw it the next day, they're like, <laughs> We're seeing this next weekend, and we saw it like <laughs> two or three times in theaters because it was so good. So I've learned to not judge something just because it may be bad. Uh, in terms it's of going to be bad because it's going to be a toy. Um, <laughs> no. Lego Movie on paper shouldn't have worked. Lego Batman shouldn't have worked, but both of them did. So I'm not quite going to give up on a Funko Pop movie. In fact. Um, recently Heather and I went to Halloween Horror Nights and while we were waiting in line for the Ghostbusters house, they were showing different, uh, Ghostbusters type videos of like behind the scenes. And there was actually a Funko Pop, um, short film with the Ghostbusters pop figures and watching that. We're like, how have they not made a pop movie yet? Cause this was actually looks like a lot of fun. 
And similarly to the Lego Movie, you could have a whole bunch of IPs attached to it if you really wanted to. Like Lego Movie had that amazing Star Wars cameo, or Ready Player One had every pop culture reference ever. Funko has a whole bunch of IPs that it works with. So I wouldn't be surprised if a whole bunch of brands are just like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, Make it like the Wreck-It Ralph of toy movies. Okay, yeah, no, okay, sure. Of like, pair some super, super rant, like the main um, pop figure, Freddy Funko. Have Freddy Funko team up with, I don't know, Benjamin Franklin pop figure to find the ultimate pop, like the lost pops. Yeah. It could work. It all depends on who's attached to do it. Yeah. I mean, and character-wise, you could bring people back for to voice themselves. Oh, gosh. That'd be fantastic. It'd be crazy, dude. Like, I have um, a Daniel LaRusso and Mr. Miyagi pop figures. If you got... Um, Daniel LaRusso to come back to voice the Karate Kid or, like, have a Superman that's voiced by Henry Cavill. Oof. There's a lot you could do. I, yeah, I'm not quite giving up on this pop figure movie. A lot of people are just like, this is a cash grab, this is dumb. Yes, it is. But that doesn't mean it's necessarily going to fail. I think this could actually work. And no, I'm not just saying that because I have way too many pop figures. Now it's going to get super meta of, here's a pop figure from the movie pop figures. Oh, get out of here. Just like they did with the Lego movie Lego sets. Yeah, they did. Jeez. And way too many sets. Um, I'm going to switch back from being positive to something I'm absolutely 100% strongly against. So, um, Paul Feig, a director... That I'm not a huge fan of. He did okay. the movie uh, Spy, Bridesmaids, uh, Simple Favor, um, The Heat, all, almost any of Melissa McCarthy's comedy movies. I've yeah. I've seen quite a few. Uh, 2016's Ghostbusters. I've seen quite a few of Paul Feig's movies. I don't really like his work. I don't think he's that funny. I'm not a huge fan of him as a director. His quote-unquote great movie, A Simple Favor, I thought was really overrated and not great at all. And dare we bring up 2016's Ghostbusters. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Pandora's box. I don't know if we're willing to open right now. So Paul Feig's next movie is called Dark Army, in which case he'll be using all the classic universal monsters all together in one movie. I need the Vader gif of just, no! What's the point? <laughs> it's, it's somebody, I've people were asking online about this, and they're just like, but isn't the Dark Universe dead? This is not attached to the Dark Universe, but also, we're getting a new Dark Universe! We're getting a exactly. relaunch with the Invisible Man, which is going to be great! This is not going to be good! Because this is going to go together like peanut butter and sardines. Paul Feig doesn't go with Universal Monsters. I don't like him as a director. I don't want him touching my beloved Universal Monsters. He's not the right guy for this. Now, if you said James Wan and Universal Monsters, oh, yes, I am there in a heartbeat. And I get you can have these classic monsters in comedy roles. I'm not opposed to them being in comedies. 
You've got movies like Monster Squad from the 80s. Or even, heck, back in the day, the Universal Monsters themselves were involved with comedies. With Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein, one of the best uh, sequels in all of the Universal Monsters lineage. But Paul Feig? Come on! The man completely missed the point of the Ghostbusters in 2016. And I'm saying this as someone that doesn't really care about the original Ghostbusters. No. No. I'm actually, believe it or not, just as mad about the Spider-Man thing as I am about this. But, oh, Josh. Enunciate and elaborate for me while I catch my breath. (laughs) I I think here's the, the thing is definitely like it doesn't make sense to make this kind of movie right now, especially with when classic monster movies are going to be remade here pretty soon. Like. It it almost has a I Frankenstein feeling to it to 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 it as far as a oh, pitch goes, God. or Victor Frankenstein. Exactly, like it it doesn't make sense for this movie to be happening. Not because like nobody's asking for it because nobody is, but because the story doesn't make sense for you to put all of that together. Like if you're gonna have all these monsters in one movie, that's always kind of been my thing of. As much as I love all these monsters, say you did get them all in one movie. What's the story? And how? And how do you not make this like a ripoff of Hotel Transylvania? Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. This is just Paul Feig's version of Hotel Transylvania. Yep. Which I don't want to see that at all. I, I, Ten bucks said he went to the to the meeting and just sat in the chair and went, Hotel Transylvania, but violent. And you know how it's going to go. Melissa McCarthy's going to be the bride of Frankenstein. Um, you're going to have, like, Adam Sandler as the Wolfman. Or Kristen are you ca- Wiig. Are you, wait, are you casting this this Dark Army movie or, a, or a, uh, a Hotel Transylvania remake? Oh, yeah, I forgot Adam Sandler was in Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> he's the main character. That's like the best work he's done in a lot of years. But that's because his face isn't on it. True. Although, supposedly he's got one coming out in the next couple months that's like getting Oscar talk, which is weird. Okay. Needless to say, I am not okay with this. Um, just Paul Feig, please stay away from my Universal Monsters. Yeah, that being said, I would you almost... watch the first trailer is going to come out and it's going to be great. But oh, dude, yeah. So I, I really just feel like this kind of idea needs to die, um, much like the way that Mo- Movie Pass has gone. Yeah. So I don't like to revel in the vic- in the defeat of others. Normally, that being said, Movie Pass, you've had this coming a long time now. So Movie Pass is now officially. Dead and gone. It died Good. a few days ago. It has finally shut down. To be honest, I'm amazed it even got this far. Um, I will be honest, though. I actually had a movie pass for quite a bit, uh, quite a few months. Uh, I knew going into it when I made the purchase that it was it was too good to be true. And it absolutely was. But that didn't stop me from cashing in while it was still such a sweet deal. And then once yeah. it started to change things up, then I pieced out. I was like, this ain't going to yeah. last forever, but I'm going to hop on it for as long as I can. Because 
Movie Pass was just a bad idea from the start of, all right, for $9.99, you could see as many movies as you want per month. And all of us in the background are just going, should, should we tell them how much an average movie ticket costs is more than $10? <laughs> this, this is a great idea. It's going to work. Wait, you said unlimited movies? So, like, I literally get my money's worth after a movie. Oh, yeah, that's a great sustainable business strategy. See, MoviePass tried to have their strategy be like a gym membership of people have it, but then forget about it. I don't know about you, Josh, but I go to the movies a lot more than, well, I know for a fact you go to the gym more often than you go to the movies. But for me, (laughs) I go to the movies more often than I go to the gym. I don't forget if I have a movie pass. I may forget if I have a gym pass and a gym membership. I'm not going to forget about movie pass. That was a dream strategy to begin with. But, like, here's the thing, too, though. If I had a movie pass and it was like, hey, pay $10 a month and you can go to the movies as much as you want. Guaranteed, I'd be at the movies. Yeah, even every your week. broke butt could afford it. Exactly. Like, oh yeah, I'm there, bro. Like ten bucks. <laughs> Here like, we go. If Movie Pass was twenty bucks a month or twenty five. That's a little different story. So what Movie Pass would do was they would change up once they started losing money at a rapid rate. Like you could fall off a cliff and not fall as fast as Movie Pass's stocks did. Um, yeah. Once things started going south they're just like well now you can only see three movies a week well now you can only see certain movies um now you can only see certain times for certain movies i remember when mission impossible i think fallout came out there was a whole thing of like you could see every movie except for fallout because we're too broke to afford it so what movie pass's long-term goal was and this was never gonna work um Apparently, they were trying to get so big and so popular that they would kind of, like, strong-arm the theaters that they were working with. Be like, hey, if you want to work with us, you need to kick up a certain percentage of your concessions um, ticket, to, uh, concessions revenue. Which, if you, know bo- if you know movie theaters, that's where most of their money is. They don't make a whole lot from box office itself. So, all these theaters are just going... You moron. That's never going to happen. We will never give you our concessions. And movie pass is like, fine. You don't need us. No, we don't need you. Oh, are you sure about that movie pass? Because AMC and Regal just done up and made their own subscription service like you did and are doing it well. The difference is they're at a sustainable price point. AMC and Regal, I think, are about 20 bucks a month. So it's a little more um, fair. But also, they're in connection with the theater themselves. MoviePass was never associated directly with one specific movie chain. Having it in-house per theater chain makes a world of difference. Um, oh, it really does. MoviePass, it just became entertaining after a while. It just become I've never seen such a corporate punching bag of idiocy, which I want yeah. that on a shirt. Corporate punching bag of idiocy. Because... Well, it- they would continually just make worse and worse decisions. Well, and it was always like, it was always on their own, on like, they were just shooting themselves in the foot after a while. They're going full Plaxico Burris. Never go full Plaxico Burris. <laughs> and it, it's like Lando Calrissian in uh, Empire Strikes Back. This deal keeps getting worse all the time. <laughs> and I think one of our friends, Michael, actually had it. Last time I heard, he had it. He still had it. So he may have even had it till his dying, 
until its dying day, not his dying day. I'm so sorry, Michael. You're not dead. Uh, I, Rich, I, at least for what I think, I don't think he's dead. I haven't heard anything. I heard from him earlier today. He's not dead. Um, oh, okay, cool. But it movie pass, especially towards the tail end, got so bad. Of if you have a movie pass, you can see this one movie at 3 p.m. today, and that's it. Yeah, it got really, really, really bad. So, uh, in movie pass defense, though, it did popularize the system. Was already in a place with several other um, l- lesser known um, companies. But the movie subscription service, MoviePass kind of helped popularize it and make it mainstream to the point that now AMC has their own subscription service. Regal has their own subscription service, uh, which I'm more in favor of that. I like that there's a subscription service. I honestly would have one myself if I lived closer to a theater. If I lived right down the street from a Regal, believe me, I would have the 20 bucks a month to see movies every single week. Um, so MoviePass, as dumb as it did as a company, as the decisions that it made, it did help popularize the subscription service, which is ultimately, if theaters are going to survive, that's the way to do it. Yeah, oh, totally. Well, that about does it for uh, movie news. Josh, you got a sponsor before we dive into our main discussion? Um, I'm going to do... I don't know if this is a national thing, but uh, they're around here. I mean, it could be. Who knows? Uh, over by me, there's a like an, a grocery delivery service called Shipped, and my mom just basically saved me by from Tennessee by like sending me groceries. So, <laughs> thanks, Shipped. <laughs> Alrighty then. Like Stranger Things, Shipped Ahoy. Or is it oh, Scoops Ahoy? I always get them mixed up. I always get the names mixed up for that. I don't know why. It's uh, Scoops Ahoy. I've heard it both ways. Sure. All righty. So our discussion today uh, with the Birds of Prey news, with the Suicide Squad, with the Batman news, all that's being added to the DCEU. Um, Joker is not. We thought there's seven movies in the DCEU right now. How would we rank them if we had to? Well, we don't have to. We want to. And I don't know why, but I kind of have this sneaking suspicion that Josh and I's list are going to be kind of similar, but I think they may be different enough. Um, So what is the DCEU? It's all the DC movies, basically in between Man of Steel and Shazam. Uh, We haven't seen Wonder Woman 1984 yet to know if that's any good. Birds of Prey, but the DCEU so far. Um, By and large, Josh and I have actually been pretty adamant defenders that most of these are better than people give them credit for. It's all, it's no secret. Critics and audiences are pretty divided on DC movies. Uh, at least for the two of us, I feel like most of them are pretty good. Except for my number seven. My least favorite. And generally the only movie on this list that I actually fully hate and despise. The rest of them I can at least tolerate to really, really enjoy. But there's one movie that I absolutely hate with every fiber in my being, and it gives me an aneurysm whenever I have to think about the minutia and just why this movie doesn't work. No, due in no small part to its ridiculously overbloated runtime of like two hours and 45 minutes, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I hate really? this movie. 
Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I okay. despise this movie so, so much because besides maybe Fan Forstick, there to me has never been a bigger misunderstanding from the source material from comic to movie in terms of the director's vision and completely misunderstanding what made the characters work. I love Man of Steel. The Superman of Man of Steel is not the same Superman of Batman v Superman. He is a mopey dick who hates helping people and it feels reluctant to do anything actually good. Batman is a murderer who actually uses a gun several times in the movie and flamethrowers a guy to death. And Zack Snyder's yep. defense is, well, Michael Keaton did it. Yeah, Michael Keaton also is a murderer. Not okay, <laughs> then. Yep. I hate this movie. The details that they just completely botch, all the stories that they shoehorn in, the death of Superman, the assembling of the Justice League, the Dark Knight Returns. Let's just jam everything in it and see what works. Then you have the awful cave troll looking thing that is Doomsday, the shoehorning in of Wonder Woman, the forcing of the random Justice League cameos that makes no sense. Um, Characters that Zack Snyder clearly had no idea what they were doing with and just stuck him in the movie like Jimmy Olsen. And since he didn't know or cared about the characters, he would just kill him off, Jimmy Olsen, for no apparent reason. If you didn't know what you were going to do with him, why'd you include him or straight up kill him in Afghanistan? Also, Jimmy Olsen's not a soldier. Also, the thing that I will never, ever forgive, you wasted one of the biggest events in comic book movie history with the death of Superman. That is an event that I have waited a long time to see done right on the big screen of having Superman sacrifice himself and there's a big Justice League style uh, funeral for the man. The world actually has to take time and mourn. But no, in literally his second appearance, Superman is killed off. And the world doesn't even care because Superman is not a good person in this movie. He completely took like, a massive step backwards from who he was in Man of Steel. We seem to be getting, setting it up, and I'll go more into it when I talk about Man of Steel later. Man of Steel set him up to become Superman. Then we take this massive step backwards with some of the most miserable and unlikable characters, one of the most bland and boring color palettes, the most overly convoluted plot, Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. I'm not even going to bark up that stupid tree. <sighs> Josh, what's your seven? <laughs> well, I would rather watch Batman and Robin on a loop for 24 straight hours than watch Batman v Superman once. Fair enough. I'll give you that. So because here's at the least thing. Batman and Robin knows what it is. Also true. Um, so originally I had Suicide Squad under Batman v Superman, but now you've just kind of reminded me everything of why I hate Bas- Batman v Superman. And, Martha. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Batman v Superman is definitely my number seven. So then your number <laughs> six is? Suicide Squad. Yeah. So why do you hate Suicide Squad? And I think that's the the thing is I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm but in the same boat. Batman v Superman so... is the one I genuinely and truly hate, but Suicide yeah, Squad is right. also my six as well. It's 
it's just so eh. Like the the big thing that that stands out to me is so either have Joker as your villain and go all the way with that, or have Enchantress as your villain go all the way with that, but don't try to do both. And the frustrating thing with Suicide Squad, at least for me, is the pieces were there to make it work. Will Smith, Yo, yeah, absolutely. good dead shot. Margot Robbie, great Harley Quinn. We've already praised Jai Courtney as Captain Boomerang a bunch. He's great. The casting's great. The thing that frustrates me the most is the directing choice because you could tell David Ayer had a certain vision and then after Guardians came out and after Batman v Superman did not please fans. They're like, crap, make it like Guardians. But David Ayer is not the type of director. He made this supremely underrated but great movie called Fury with Logan Lerman, Shia LaBeouf, Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, and Michael Pena as uh, guys that work inside of this tank. They're like um, tankers in World War II. Excellent movie about these really unlikable characters in an unlikable situation. Perfect for Suicide Squad. And then they just drop the ball with hula dancing enchantress... Um, bad CGI, uh, just, uh, so the, the question would be, but I don't hate it as much as other people do. I can at least get some enjoyment out of it. Oh, totally. Like just, there's a couple, you know, the dead shots, really entertaining. Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn is entertaining the be it as weird and not Joker as it is. Jared letters, Joker, Joker is entertaining at points. Nope. Yeah, I'll I, disagree with you all day on that one. There's not a single thing, not a one, that I liked about Jared Leto. I've never seen really? such a big swing and a miss. He missed literally everything about the character. Okay, I'll give you that. But um, but way, then again, though, he may like not the... be Joker Joker, but that's another thing that I don't think we'll ever, unfortunately, get to delve down that path because there were some rumors that he may have actually been Tim Drake. Which was interesting. That would be an interesting choice. Yeah, but also the weird soundtrack that did not fit at all, which was blatantly trying to rip off Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and that was the thing. Is I think if we would have gotten David Ayer's vision, I think it, we'd have, be having an entirely different conversation right now. If we got David Ayer's true vision, I think the movie's rated R. Oh, I agree. I almost don't think you can do a Suicide Squad to its full potential without it being rated R. And that's not for cursing. That's not for, you know, sexual content or anything like that. I just think the amount of violence and crude nature that these characters are, it begets an R, an R rating. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, those are the two, like, outliers of this is truly awful. I know for me, the rest of the movies on this list, I either like to love um yes it's such a big gap between my six and my five of and eh, to a lot of people hate this movie i really enjoy my number five justice league i don't think it's nearly as bad as people make it out to me now oh, no it's, i'm gonna have some controversial opinions um especially in our later picks um but here's one for you right here now the version of justice league that we got in theaters with all the reshoots, is better than what we would have got with Zack Snyder's vision. I think so, too. And that's just because 
uh, given the situation that everything was in, I think Joss Whedon did his best to save it. Yes. Um, people are quick to blame Joss Whedon. Like, they made it cheesy and dumb. Yes, but he also made it fun. And if he could have, Joss Whedon could have changed the whole movie, but he wasn't given enough time because the Warner executives wanted to keep their Christmas bonuses. Yeah. Um, but I remember when Justice League came out, I had heard such negative backlash that my standards were so low when I finally went to see it in theaters that when I walked out of it, I was just like, unsure that I saw the same movie as others? Because, yeah. yes, the movie has flaws, but I have so much fun with Justice League. Oh, yeah. Like, just from even, like, the little things, like uh, Aquaman, right? Like, riding a, a, one of the uh, parademons, the parademons through a building. Ride ain't over. My man. <laughs> like, you know, like, so, simple things like that. And, like, Flash figuring out how to be a hero for the first time. Well, Flash I'm not so hot on, but... I mean, I agree, but I enjoyed the moment of him being like, oh, I can't just uh, always run. Now, um, there's some moments that people rightly bash um, Henry Cavill's face for most of the movie. Um, Yep. But uh, the more I watch it, I really enjoy... To me, this is the best Henry Cavill Superman we've gotten so far. Um, When he shows up, to beat Steppenwolf. As much as I love the Man of Steel Superman theme, Hans Zimmer absolutely knocked it out of the park. I was so giddy and almost jumping out of my seat when Steppenwolf uh, was like, you're all too blind to see the truth. Do, 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 do. I'm a big fan of truth, but I'm also a big fan of justice and playing the do, 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 the old school Superman theme, yeah. which is actually... Uh, goes perfectly with when he comes back to life, they bring it down an octave and play it slower, and it's the do, 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 implying that he's evil. Um, You just get giddy when you hear that original Superman. You're just like, oh, yeah. And somebody did a dub of it. It's just like, Here's, here's, doesn't it sound so much better with the Man of Steel theme? And they swapped it out with the Man of Steel theme. I'm like, no, the original Superman theme is the original Superman theme. So when Superman comes back to kick butt at the end, it's like, this, this is the Superman that we've waited forever to see. Uh, cheesy, over the top, but that's Superman. Um, the first thing he does when he shows up, besides beat up Steppenwolf, how can I help? Oh, there's civilians in trouble. Let me get them willingly with a smile on my face. Let me go help them. That's yeah. Superman. Not moopy, droopy, sad, I don't want to help people because I'm a burden type of thing. And then the yeah. moment I fell in love even more was when uh, Wonder Woman step- fighting Steppenwolf. This guy's still bothering you? Comes flying down. That's a cheesy dad joke, but that's yeah. Superman right there. Well, and that was, I think, the the thing that, like sold me on justice league. Like I, I wasn't nervous about it at all, but when it's that whole, it's a, it's that last 30 minutes when Superman comes back, it's like, that's suit. That's, that's Superman, man. That's exactly who, who I, I thought who I've been waiting for. And admittedly, the ending is what I go back and watch 
the most when I watch this movie. I've rewatched that Superman Returns scene a bunch, but the rest of the movie is surprisingly solid. Like that Batman opening scene when he's interrogating the Parademon and the Thug. That's a great Batman scene. It feels right out of a comic book. Oh, it um, does. The Aquaman stuff, I really enjoy. It got a, gave us a nice taste of Aquaman uh, and made us fall in love with the Jason Momoa version, which I was always on board with. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I've been a big Aquaman defender in the comics for a lot of years, so I felt vindicated by Jason Momoa. I just really enjoy Justice League, and it's to at least to me, I know a lot of people have their criticisms. To me, it doesn't feel nearly as disjointed as people make it out to be. Suicide Squad... That's a disjointed mess you can tell. Um, I think this is okay of a patch job in contrast to some other movies I've seen. I can still get quite a bit of enjoyment out of Justice League. Yeah, I, and that's, I think, the, the, the good overweighs the bad. Yeah, there's still quite a bit of bad. I will acknowledge that. The Flash is suited. Yeah. A lot of the CGI, which I chalk that up to having very little time to finish stuff. Um, Steppenwolf was kind of a meh villain, but as a whole, I've still really enjoyed Justice League. Yeah, I agree, and and I think Steppenwolf it would have been a nice step to Mongol, and then Mongol's a perfect step to uh, uh, Darkseid. Mongol would have been a good villain, actually. Yeah, but not for the first one, first outing. Fair enough. Uh, that was. I assume that was your number five as well. Yeah, yeah, which is which is really funny. All right, so what's your number four then? After Justice I have, League, I have Wonder Woman. Really? Yes. Why is that? Why is it so low down on your list? See, these next four were really, really tough because I really enjoy the 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 last four of the this list. Um. I put it down there though because I I don't know what it was. I don't feel like I can I connected with it as much as I did the other three. And you know what? Maybe that's because of my gender. But I, I I'm not in any way saying that Wonder Woman is a, is a bad is a worse movie than you know Aquaman, Shazam, or Man of Steel. Like I just didn't connect with it as much as I did the other ones. I think I have some ideas, but we'll get to that when I put my Wonder Woman in because it's it's not my number four. It, it it's later in the list. Um, my number four is actually Man of Steel. Really? So uh, the more I thought about it, and like you, a lot of them are super super close. And keep in mind, I love Man of Steel. Henry Cavill is my Superman, and I think when I was thinking about this list of where I wanted to put stuff, to me, it's kind of weird to say, but Man of Steel kind of starts to slowly go downhill once Henry Cavill gets the suit. And this could just be me, but I love seeing him as Clark wandering the world, getting his farmer boy story, really getting us to care about Clark first. And then there's a, I uh, forget one of the YouTubers that I watched, had, had this old long video about why it was dumb that Superman got the suit. Um, he eventually needs a suit, but it was dumb how they put it in the movie because he just kind of gets the suit, but he's done nothing 
to need the suit or deserve the suit. He just kind of finds it as opposed to almost any other comic movie. Getting the suit signifies character change or a big moment in their lives where Superman just finds the suit and his dad's just like, yeah, this is the, this is the uniform of your people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Okay. Now, if it was like something he earned after saving the day to help distinguish himself from Zod and the other evil Kryptonians, that makes more sense and gets us to care about Superman. So I cared more about the Smallville side of things, but it was nice to see some Superman action. Um, At times, I think Man of Steel has some of the best writing of any superhero movie because there's still certain monologues that I love, uh, especially that line that was both in the movie but in that teaser trailer of, You'll give the people an ideal to strive towards. They'll race behind you. They will stumble. They will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. Because that, that's Superman. He's supposed to be the beacon of hope. Isn't that right, Dawn of Justice? Um, And when he's just being the good guy, it's just Superman. I have some issues with the suit, but I approach Man of Steel not as a Superman movie. It sounds weird, but I approach Man of Steel as like a zero year. So in comic book terms, that's like, this is what the character was doing right up until they became the hero that you know and love. That's how I approach Man of Steel. It is like yeah. a zero year Superman. That's why it's probably called Man of Steel and not Superman. He's not Superman yet. He'd only been Superman for like, Put it on record. He was only Superman for like two days before Zod attacked. So all those people that have issues about he destroyed the city. Superman would take it outside where no one's going to get hurt. He'd only been on the job for two days. Cut him some yeah. slack. Um, And I'm in the minority here. Or some people may back me up. I, I initially hated that he killed Zod. Then you go back and watch Superman 2 and he killed Zod then too. Um, He literally had no option. Zod told him, you have no option. Superman is not Batman. There are times in the comics that Superman has to kill. He just has no other alternative. He doesn't like it, but sometimes there's no other option. So I've heard people say, Superman doesn't kill. Sometimes he has to. That's just a harsh reality he has to face. And if you watch the scene, he's not like, well, Zod, you shouldn't have done that. No, he is mourning the fact that he had to kill somebody. He freaks out, which is understandable. I really enjoy Man of Steel, and I like the direction that they set it up. And then they squandered it for Dawn of Justice. Thankfully, we yeah. got some form of redemption in Justice League. I just wish we could see Henry Cavill again, but it doesn't seem likely. Yeah, I don't think so either, which is really, really unfor- unfortunate. So, uh, that's our number fours. Josh, what's your number three? Man of Steel. That's I kind of <laughs> figured. Yeah. It, 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 all the reasons that you stated, but I, I think I just connected to it more than I did uh, Wonder Woman. So, um, number three is Wonder Woman for me. So, nice to see that we have at least some form of variation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think for me, one of the big reasons why Wonder Woman is not two or one because as a film it is incredibly well made um for me wonder woman is one of those movies 
that two thirds of it is fantastic, but the third that needed to be good isn't, and that's the ending. Wonder Dude. Woman. Wonder Woman Ugh. needed to stick the landing, and it, while it's not a bad ending, the Ares fight and most of the final third act kind of let a lot of the air out of the movie for me because Ares is in the Ares I know and the Ares in mythology is this great, amazing villain. And then you have him played by Professor Lupin from Harry Potter, which yeah, and, that, and he was fresh off that form, too. In his human form, that makes sense. He's deceiving people. That's great. But when he's in big battle armor, switch him up. Make him a big, huge, menacing threat. Not some British guy with a mustache. Yeah, it, it, that, that threw me off heavily. Uh, it was nice to see Ares in armor, but the ending, I think the Wonder Woman ending could have been a little better. I think that's that's my biggest takeaway. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but maybe that's kind of the thing that sticks in for you. Yeah, probably. Cause that was my initial, uh, initial complaint was like, if you're going to have Ares, the God of war be your villain, like he better show up big and bad at some point. And he didn't really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides the ending, I think the rest of the movie is incredibly strong. It was wonderful. You don't really miss, you don't realize how much you miss color. Until you see Themyscira for the first time in Wonder Woman, you're like, greens and blues and some yellow and red. Look, there's color. Zack Snyder, see? There's color. This is how you're supposed (laughs) to make movies. It's color, guys. (laughs) Um, And and even like the simple things, too. The the movie is just gorgeous. Like, even when they go back to London, it's supposed to be a more muted color palette. It makes sense in the story because it's a boring and drab world as opposed to the idyllic Paradise Island. But even then, the drab, boring London is still brighter and more cheerful and more colorful than almost any of the Zack Snyder's desaturated movies. Um, yeah. I have at times been critical of Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. I'm still under the impression that while she's good as Wonder Woman... She's by no means the absolute perfect casting. I still think as an actress, she's a bit rough around the edges. And in Wonder Woman, she has quite a few lines that are a bit stiff. Um, But she's good in the role. At least for me personally, the moment that I knew, I was like, this, this is the direction we need to be headed as DC movies because you finally understand is obviously the big moment from the movie of when um, No Man's Land, when Steve Trevor's just like, you can't get across there. No man can. These guys have been here for six months. No one can do it. And she's like, well, I'm going to do something. She takes out the shield, puts the tiara on, and she just does it. It, It's not, it's one of the most empowering female moments in any superhero movie, but it doesn't call attention to the fact that it is. It just does it. It's just, all right, no. I'm going to lead because it's the right thing to do. But also, it doesn't undercut the tragedy of war. Like that great campfire moment when all the characters more or less talk about their PTSD that they experience. And she's just like, well, that's okay. We can still work as a team type of thing. Like that's that's Wonder Woman of being the maternal, looking out for the rest of her team type of character. But going back to that No Man's Land... 
Wonder Woman has some beautiful music, and especially No Man's Land, um, when she's fighting back the troops. Such a great scene of like this. This is hopeful and optimistic, and she takes off the robe to reveal the Amazonian armor, and it's like <gasps> color in this bland battlefield. Colors bursting off the screen, and it's. It's Wonder Woman. She is here to bring hope and optimism. And yes, this is the direction we need to be going. I thought uh, Wonder Woman was a bit slow until that No Man's Land scene. Then I was like, okay, I'm on board with this. Yeah, oh, totally. Now, we're down to our last two, I believe. Uh, And I would not be surprised at all in the slightest if we have the same number two and number one. Uh, yep. Josh, is your number two Shazam? Yeah, it is. Is yours? Yep. <laughs> I Gosh, this movie surprised the crap out of me. And you saw it late, too. Yeah. And I somehow were, was able to, like, keep away from a lot of the spoilers. So why were you so surprised with Shazam? So I didn't think that they were going to go all the way with the family. And, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited they did, too. But uh, the big thing was I was worried uh, once he after he gets the powers, right? I was worried that they were going to stay too long with the haha, I'm a five, you know, I'm a 13 year old kid with superpowers kind of situation that they had going on where he's kind of a dick and he doesn't necessarily know how to save people but they they timed it almost perfectly of he starts to have to save people because he's screwing up with how he's fighting the villain it it's realistic of yes a 13 year old is not going to know how to control his powers be like i saved the day from something that you yourself caused yeah, exactly. It's it's a very very well done, and but even then, I love love and the the thing this movie has against it is also the thing that works the best in in that it's just a typical family movie that happens to have uh, superheroes in it. Yeah, I tried to explain to people it is a family movie, not in the sense of like you can bring your whole family to it. But it's a movie about a family. And I love the message of the movie of just like, it doesn't matter if you're related by blood, you have a family. Like, I love that it's it's like, all right, let's hope. I hope after this movie more people are aware of like foster families that want to think about something like that. Because this movie is very pro-family, which I thought was a super awesome message to have. That was, yeah, it really was. And the fact that like Shazam couldn't like, it's not that he, he was able to, and and he just chose to not face the villain by himself. He legitimately couldn't fight the villain on his own and needed his family's help. So, uh, as much as Zachary Levi is amazing as Shazam and we'll get back to him in a second. He's not actually my favorite character in Shazam in the movie. Believe it or not. Um, the the quote unquote dad of the foster family the big hawaiian guy 
He looks super familiar, and I don't know. Uh, why. I think he was on The Walking Dead, but neither of us watched that. That might be it. He was like, I don't know what it is, but he didn't feel like a movie character. He felt like an actual person. Yeah, that was the parents felt real. Yes, it wasn't like a when the kids run away, they're just like, okay, we got to find him. But then the dad figures just like. He'll come home when he's ready because we've all been there. We've all run away before. We're fo- we've been foster kids. We know that this is kind of how they act. But at the same time, he can be stern. I just, I really liked his character. I like both the quote-unquote parents. Um, honestly, the whole movie is in cast incredibly well. Um, Eugene and um, the other boy don't get as much screen time, but like... Miss Marvel, Darla, Freddy, they're great. Oh, they're they're fantastic. And uh, that was the thing too is I enjoyed that they were able to keep like the essence of the kid and the spirit of the kid whenever all of them like do transform. Yes. And obviously the main MVP for this movie has to be Zachary Levi. The man oh, was dude. born for this role. He really was, which is really surprising. Like, I remember when they were talking about casting, we are like, it's got to be John Cena. But then when they announced Zachary Levi, I was just like, well, after he bulks up, he's probably a great choice because of, like, Chuck and all these other... He's basically a man-child. So when it came out, this guy was excellent. Perfect. Well, I mean, it's obvious that it's a it's a bodysuit. Yes, but, but I, that I've... didn't actually bother me because he's still jacked. Well, and that was the thing. It didn't bother me as much as I thought it would because, like, at the end of the day, it was, oh, well, he's, like, this magically bulk dude that, that that's actually a kid. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I really, really liked um, Zachary Levi as Shazam. Mark Strong was a really good villain with a very interesting background for Dr. Savannah. I really liked his character and the direction that they took. I like that um, director David F. Sandberg, who's mainly known for horror before this, was actually able to still retain some of his horror elements throughout the film. Yeah. It was really, really weird. Like, the the sins, I thought, when I when I kind of realized, okay, those, those are going to be your bad guys, um, I initially was worried that this was going to be some, like, really scary demon guys that were going to be put in a, uh, in a kid's movie. And it immediately made me nervous that they were going to go all Scooby-Doo with it. Which at times they kind of go that route, but they still, there's still enough dark and creepiness to it to make it work. But also, um, now that I think about it, fun fact, both our number two and our number one have cameos from Annabelle, the creepy doll. They do? Annabelle is actually... Um, remember at the very beginning um, when Billy locks those officers in that um, store and he eats the guy's Philly cheesesteak? Yeah. In that store, there's an Annabelle on the shelf. Interesting. Okay. And then for our number one, unless you're done... If anything else you want to say with Shazam? Not really. I mean, it, I'm really curious. It, that the one thing I think it did really, really well 
was it set up that it was in the world of of DC really well, but it all it didn't make us feel like we we're dependent upon the outside, you know, the other characters in that world for a story. Yeah, like they referenced Superman and the other DC heroes, but we didn't need them. And yes. gosh, I would have loved to have seen Henry Cavill, but I get yeah, they block his face. I get why he wasn't in it. Um, and like I said, with the whole Annabelle thing, he, the doll also made an appearance in what I safely assume is both Josh and I's number one, Aquaman. Yes. Annabelle's in Aquaman. We're in Aquaman. Uh, remember when Mara and Arthur escape and she's got her own little watercraft hiding in a dumpster thingy? I think so. It's right around that scene. There's an Annabelle in like a pile of garbage. Why? Interesting. Because um, the first, not the first Annabelle, The Conjuring, where Annabelle is introduced, was directed by James Wan, who did Aquaman. And still to this day, Aquaman blows me away of, it is a living, breathing comic book come to life. In both the positives and the negatives of the sense. Yeah. Oh, totally. Of, oh my gosh, we actually got the thing that I never thought we'd get with the gold and green Aquaman suit. And it looked great in the process. Oh my gosh. It it looked incredible. And like when he finally gets it, oh man. It felt earned like we talked about man of steel this when he got the suit didn't quite feel earned or feel at the right time in the movie uh aquaman yes that felt earned he is the king of atlantis but it wasn't just him mara some people were crapping on oh that's like one of the fakest looking wigs i'm like it looks like how it's supposed to look um, somehow you made both Black Manta and Ocean Master look spot on, but still believable. Yeah. I, look, if we're going to get through this conversation and not talk about Black Manta, jeez, dude. Like, the guy is legitimately ripped right out of the comics. Spot on. To the point that they actually had the original um, Black Manta helmet in as a nice little Easter egg before he destroyed yeah. it. it was, but I mean, it, it, that was also the thing. It made sense of why it got destroyed. And they didn't just like use it as a cameo, but it made sense. I like that Aquaman is not what I expected in the sense that it's at its core, a treasure hunt movie of trying to find the Trident, which was something that I admittedly, um, whined and complained extensively about with Justice League of why does he got a five-pronged just random stick? That doesn't look like Aquaman. He needs the trident, to which they took that as feedback and made it part of the story. And I love that he gets that staff broken really, really easily. Yes. Um, But it was a clear and easy story to follow. Jason Momoa is so charismatic and was born to be Arthur Curry. No, oh, totally. It, it's the charisma that he brings. Just, just oh, like I could watch him just exist in this world, and because he's such like 
a genuinely nice guy in the in the film. Like that's the thing too is his hero is not just like the comic relief that also has some some pretty good superpowers. Like but, he's a genuinely a good dude. But then when he is comedic relief, he's got some funny moments. Oh, totally. The one that always makes me crack up the hardest is when he's sitting in the bar and those all those bikers come up. They're like, "You the you the fish boy? It's, it's fish man. What do you want? <laughs> Could you take our picture? <laughs> sure, I guess." And then like the first two, he's super hesitant, and after like the third or fourth, he's just like drinking a whole bunch of rounds with them. Yep. Um, one he, role that I feel really like gets uh, understated quite a bit in Aquaman, but I really like his character a lot. Um, I forget the character's name, but I know him as Django Fett. Yeah. Oh, dude, he's incredible in this movie. Uh, Tom Thomas Curry, I think. Tom is his something. Name. Yeah. He. Well, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the story that they told with him and Nicole Kidman of like two separate worlds, but he goes out to the dock every single day waiting for her and i actually like that he got a happy ending because in the comics one if not both of them are dead right yeah if i remember right one of the things that drives him to go find atlantis was his dad died waiting for his mom and so he's like you know what she needs to pay for this and i thought um i could have sworn like Spoiler alert, when she comes back towards the end of the movie, I thought she was gone, period, because I w- I'm so used to her being dead in the comics. Um, yeah. In, I believe it's um, Throne of Atlantis, she's killed by Orm slash Ocean Master, who's in the movie, so I kind of expected that he already killed her or that he would kill her at some point in the movie. So I didn't expect her to return, so when she does show up, I was like, oh! And then we have that really gratifying moment where Arthur's allowed to be with his mom again. And yeah, then it's 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 a really really good film. Julie Andrews as a giant squid. <laughs> Cuz why not? That's the thing too I think I really 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 enjoyed was how the talking to fish thing didn't become a joke. No. They they literally did it from the 60s cartoon of like here's the sonar rings but how they did it wasn't dumb like it made sense we talked i said at the beginning aquaman embraced both the goods and the bads of a comic book um for me it wasn't a bad but it it is very predictable it gets weird but it embraced that weird and it embraced the kind of the things you just kind of have to accept if you're reading a comic book which are certain parts that i feel like we were missing from the dceu at the beginning of yeah with man of steel and uh, Batman v Superman, it was very much a what if Superman existed in the real world? What if it was super realistic? Which is a good approach, but at the same time, that with comic books, you have to have some form of suspension of disbelief. That's why, as much as I like the Dark Knight trilogy, they're not the best Batman stories because with any comic book story, you kind of have to have a suspension of disbelief and take everything with a grain of salt of, okay, this is a little ridiculous, but that's what makes it fun. Um, and Aquaman fully dove into that cheesy, dumb fun. And that's why it's my favorite of all the DC movies and why I walked away with the biggest smile on my face, especially considering the ending is pure fan service when he's just like, 
I am the son of the land and of the sea and the protector of the deep. I am the Aquaman. And he comes up from the water with the sunset in the back and you're just like, that is a wallpaper right there. Yeah, it is. It's well, and like, even though the little things like letting him, uh, bring in some of his like Samoan stuff, uh, like the chanting and like, like it gets me in that final fight on, on the, on the ship. Oh, when he's doing the um, Haka. Dude, he's like just launches into a haka like mid sentence, like just like this urge, this like urge to fight him is getting so great that he cannot like hold it in anymore. And just the way that he hold like everything from the way that he holds his the trident in that scene to like just his how he carries himself even in in victory was like, dude, like I could. I could watch this guy do anything. Also, I'm amazed you've gotten this far in talking about Aquaman without talking about your boy, Willem Dafoe, <laughs> as Volko. I mean, he's he, he's great in this movie. He doesn't do much, but he's great. He's great in everything, but I really like Volko's character. Um, he was actually cut from Justice League, which, doubling back to Justice League, just for a quick second, I'm going to miss J.K. Simmons's Gordon. I yeah I was That's kind of be the biggest thing that I missed because that. that was spot on casting. Oh my so god! So then here's the so I, I feel like we've said all we can about Aquaman. Um, real I don't know. Quick, I could talk about Aquaman all day. I mean, yes, same. Great soundtrack. But, I will say this is the hill that I will die on any day. I will defend this till the day I die. DC has way better soundtracks than Marvel. Oh, easily. Aquaman, incredible. Wonder Woman, incredible. Justice League is incredible. Even though I hate the movie, Batman v Superman has some pretty solid music. Man of Steel, beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it's all got really, really solid, solid film. Uh, solid movie. Sorry. Oh, geez, sorry. I'm like in the middle of like trying not to cough. <laughs> you got any last minute Aquaman or DCEU thoughts? Not, not really. So, oh, real quick then. Uh, based off the conversation we just like barely touched on, um, with J.K. Simmons out, and with us knowing who our Batman is now, uh, any idea who you'd like to be, Gordon? Denzel Washington. Really? Okay, I can get behind that. I'd be actually really, I'm actually really behind that. I uh, I almost want um Donald Donald Glover. <laughs> Danny Glover, you mean? Danny Glover might be. Donald Glover's a little young. Yeah. Uh, no. Nope. Nope. He's the youngest. <laughs> the or youngest someone has suggested it before, and he has voiced the character, so it'd be great. Brian Cranston. I can see that as well. I feel like he's almost too old, though. At that point, if you're um, go with too a old Batman. for Gordon. Yes. Who is Mr. White Mustache at least 50s or 60s. Yeah. That that he's just at least and at least for the Batman that's in this point in, of his career. Fair enough. Uh cuz yeah. yeah, if we're going if we still have young Batman then we might still at this point have Lieutenant Gordon. Ooh. Ooh. I'm excited. Okay, yeah, there's all kinds of possibilities. Because if he's still young, remember Batman Year One, Gordon just moved to Gotham, or even Batman Begins, yeah. he's still 
um, not commissioner yet. He didn't become commissioner until Dark Knight. Yeah. Ooh, again, again, that's why he gets so attached is because Batman has grown alongside Gordon. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, man, I'm excited. Um, I think, you know, if you guys haven't, if you guys haven't seen Aquaman or Shazam yet, please go check them out there. And really like Man of Steel or Wonder Woman, they're totally worth your time. Oh, absolutely. And while it's not going to be a DCEU movie, I feel pretty confident saying that Joker's going to be something special in a couple weeks, too. I honestly, I'm sticking to my guns, man. I think this is secretly, like, not an Elseworld story. I I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. I don't know just yet. I'm hearing conflicting reports, but... I wouldn't be surprised at all if they try and find a way to bring him back. Well, what do you guys think? What are your favorite and least favorite DCEU movies so far? Let us know. We always like hearing from you guys. Uh, If you haven't already, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether that's um, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And if you haven't already, subscribe to us on the main YouTube channel at Uncharted Media. Stay short, movie guys and gals.